Hello everybody and we're back for a CCPC Conversation Couch Potential Podcast depending on whether or not we're waffling. Um, I'm Paul Meenan and would you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Mr Richard Bowler, I work for Professional Electrician and Installer Magazine. Professional Electrician and Installer Magazine? Have you? I've never heard of that. Have you not? Have you heard of oh, Wait a minute, what's this? Professional Electrician Mag... Oh yeah, okay. I think there is an article in here that I once read with some very... From six very good-looking uh, um, uh, chaps who you may know of, mm. um, but yeah, highlight of my life anyway, which shows how sad my <laughs> life probably is actually. But yeah, so you're the editor. I am the editor of that yeah. magazine. Yeah. Wow, is the editor. Yes. So no pressure or stress on you. Uh, yeah, quite a lot of pressure and stress actually. Yes, as it goes. But uh, yeah, that's the editor's life. The editor's lot, so to speak. So, so if you've ever read anything in Pro Electrician magazine that you've really genuinely hated, I'll put his address in the comments <laughs> below, or and his telephone number yeah. for you to direct him. I'm no, sure there's one or two things maybe that people have no, well, and probably address directly. I think, with I think us I've as well. said in previous podcasts, and I've said publicly before, the um, when I started out as an electrician, the only thing I ever saw of the rest of the industry. Literally, because we were in a little bubble when we were in EH Finn in Camden, going to do rewires, and the only time we saw anybody else was in the wholesalers, yeah. or when we picked up the Pro Electrician magazine, yeah. and that was our beacon to talk to the rest of the industry, to understand what was going on, to understand what all these different badges and logos were, and all the rest of it, and yeah, that, that was it, so I grew up on Pro Electrician, yeah. henceforth, I'm made up, that's career highlight for me, uh, I'm sure lots of the other lads um, that we actually got the cover and an article about our madness yeah. that we're trying to do with E5. Yeah. Well, you've been in a few times as well though mate in all fairness haven't you? Yeah well, up to that. The first, time, in once or twice. the first time was actually my old my old consumer unit in my old um, house. Yeah. I rewired my old house and I thought I'll stick it in see if it ever gets in because I didn't know you at the time yeah. and it got in. <laughs> Me. Shows the vetting process that okay. we were undergoing at Yeah that point. total you had no vetting process it was a crap job. No, it wasn't a crap job, actually. It was quite good. I've actually got a copy of that. I hunted out a copy. I think I've got it electronically as well. Um, but, yeah, it was my old consumer in my old house. That was three years ago. Yeah, well, we actually printed a technical article that you wrote on AFDDs three years ago as well, which oh, you gave yeah. us permission to do. And then you put this cryptic thing at the end going, could you include the hashtag E5? Oh, yeah. And, uh, which I quite, well, what does that mean? <laughs> it will become apparent. <laughs> Just put it in there. Yes. <laughs> so you wrote a very thought-provoking And I did, actually, I, I did actually say it's not like a, a slur or anything that will offend anybody, although some people have been by default but um yeah no we wrote the and it was at the time when we were questioning and quizzing the draft for public comment and the yeah. what is afdd and rightly so because any good engineer or electrician anybody should be always challenging the the stuff that's put in front of them to ensure there's been due diligence especially if you're doing something with regards to public safety yeah. but at the time we were cynical about afdd because what we saw in american research however step forward three years me and jw even said it in his gaff we we were wrong the afdds genuinely genuinely do actually work i yeah. mean mute the volume on my tv always helps um but yeah we were wrong yeah. and they do work yeah. however the application of how they are used and when they are used is quite a complex one very much like surge protection debates at yeah. the moment and also there's so many different manufacturers and whilst they're all made to a common standard they all work slightly differently yeah, yeah. So that price yeah. and quality yeah. thing is, is yeah. something that's yet to be... But anyway, I'm yeah. not going to bore you with that. No, 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 no. Um, it's a subject we can definitely go on This is a conversation later. couch. This is blessed by the unicorns of Ikea. <laughs> All £400 worth. What a comfortable couch it is. There's been some, some sort of big... Uh, shoes been in, in, yeah, in that this was, particular No, that was scene, me, that it? was me, that was me. I, I weigh a lot. There's a lot of me to love. Um, but no, yeah, so um, Tom Nardi was the last one who sat there. Yeah, if I, yeah he was, yeah, yeah. So he came around, yeah, he came around for um, a Saturday. It was really nice to see him. He's a yeah. absolutely Good splendid bet. chap. Yeah. And I think my dog has just, yes, she has. She's just fired. <laughs> yes, she has. God love her. And there's Bella. And there she comes. And she's now assaulting. <laughs> she's gone over to the, someone um, who smells of a similar sort of uh, scent. Why did you, uh... It's because you're a dog owner, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, so what yeah, dog do you dog. have? 
We have a very uh, unusual breed, so he's a Labrador Cocker uh, Spaniel cross, so very lively, like better. Um, okay, yeah. So he's a Cockador. They're, they're, they're known wide. Cockador? Yeah, cock I so, can't bleep yeah. that out. So we've got the worst of both worlds, some would say, but yeah, no, I've, uh, to, to, to sort of cut a long story short on that one, the girlfriend's always had Labradors. Yeah. My family's always had Cocker Spaniels, and we managed to find uh, some places that, were, that have been breeding them. It was a happy accident on a farm in Norwich. Um, so uh, yeah, he's very much like this one, loves his food, as you can imagine. So uh, uh, yeah, he keeps us, he's aged me about 10 years in the last three years. So dogs, they give back so much love, yeah, it's mind blowing. Um, I have amazing. to say, I am, you can tell a lot about dogs from um, their owners. Um, I, I've always said that a dog who's mad and crazy and aggressive, their owners, sometimes they'll be quite meek people, but they reflect the mirror of the owner. So the owner's soul, if they're chaotic and scatty, then the dog will be chaotic and scatty. This yeah. dog here is just very loving yeah. um, because she's a rescue uh, in August. But anyway, yeah, this conversation good. counts. This yeah. is not Batsy Dog's home. <laughs> Although in fairness, I got it from Dog's Trust yeah. um, in Basildon. Um, question for you then. So you work for Pearl Electrician. Yeah. Um, what made, what, I've got a few questions actually. <laughs> what made you get into publishing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First question. Well, it's yeah, cool. it, it's, uh, yeah. You have to kind of get a bit of a feel for the route that you sort of took into that world. But I think um, yeah, I covered in another podcast last week as well, which I'll try and do a shortened version. Is there another one outside of this? There is the loads, and they're all yeah. welcome. They are. Yeah. No. Very much. And so. there's probably many yes. more to come. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, let, let's go back to the original point. It's taken you long enough to get me actually in this position, haven't you? So you you have been. I had to for a kidnap long, long you from your missus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, we're going to make hay while, hay while the sun shines. And then so we're going to go for lunch. Yeah, we are. We're going to go for a nice bit of lunch. We're going to have a day together. And uh, it has been a long time in the making, this particular it podcast, has. though, to be fair. So I'm sorry it has taken such a long time. But no, going back to your original point, um, finished school, uh, was looking was looking for work, worked as a computer programmer for a year. I don't know if you've ever been in that industry Computer before. programming. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought computers peaked at Claris Works, okay. um, <laughs> which which kind of I remember that we got computers in school, the old BBC computers, yeah. and then we got some apples. And I remember we had an, a room that was under super locks. Yeah. And once a week, every single student of a certain age was brought in there and told these things called computers. You're going to have to learn to do word processing, but don't worry. You know, they, you 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 may use them, you may not. They're just a tool. Yeah. Okay. How my God! Yeah, Look at the everybody's glued to yeah. them now. I know they are. Who yeah. in the gods? name knew that every human being under the sun would be glued to a computer <laughs> constantly and yeah. the worst thing is is again me being controversial i genuinely think computers in the last 20 years have contributed to the lack of social skills no, because i get i get hundreds of emails at work and i'm like call me yeah ring me yeah no, i'm I, a man I, of my word yeah just freaking yeah. call me if you want to cover your ass, then that speaks volumes about you. Yeah, no, I listen. I I completely agree with you. You know, it does it does seem to have taken away that conversational element that pe that people have with each other. I think. Yeah. I think when I refer to our job, sometimes I think the way the world's changed a little bit at times is that no one wants to make notes of a conversation you're having with them on the phone. So yeah, yeah. you end up almost duplicating that process by having to send a follow-up email or regard, yeah, yeah. regarding the same sort of thing. So I can understand why, why so much, but yeah, no, mate, I mean, the world's changed. I mean, we, we if, if I take a look at what I was doing originally for AXA, have you heard of AXA Equity and Law or AXA Sun Life? So I was working for quite yeah, a big, yeah, big no, blue chip no, brand no. at the time. But, uh, but yeah, no, I had to do all these back-end processes and we, we programmed in COBOL, if anyone's ever heard of that before. But I have to say, I didn't, I didn't find it um, particularly interesting at all. So one of the things that I've always loved and always really enjoyed is writing, um, reading, um, being creative and expressive. And I think one of the pathways that I sort of looked at that, that potentially could be available was maybe the publishing world uh, in that respect. So I went off and did a journalism degree at university. Um, had an idea of what I wanted to do, which was be a sports journalist and a football writer. So I might oh. be honest, on camera, but everyone wants to to kind of do that when they're younger. So um, so yeah, the process sort of evolved with me getting an opportunity to work at Hamerville, answering a, a small advert in the newspaper at one stage, not knowing anything about what they did in terms of trade magazines um, and how that worked. Uh, but went in, found out it was professional electrician that I was interviewing for, um, and uh, yeah, just got a really good feel about the place about the industry so I wasn't particularly interested in the electrical sector as you can imagine at that time. Is your microphone um, come off? Oh, 
Yeah, how shoot. Sorry. Do you think that'll be? So Shall we start worry. again on that one then? So right, no, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Just clip it to your thing and okay, stop sorry, getting mate. so bloody excited. Yeah, sorry, I think Litland was up on the left Mike, at one point. There you go, right. So yeah, I'll go back to that. Yeah, I answered an, uh, an advert in the newspaper and then, um, yeah, ended up getting uh, a job opportunity at Hamerville to come on to PE. Um, so you work for Hammerville Media, is it Hammerville so, so, or Hammerville? So, so they're called Hammerville, yeah, so that's one of the great things. So there's no two M's, it's one M in there. So okay. we're, we're Hammerville Media. We were for, formerly Hammerville Magazines and over the last little while to kind of uh, sort of be representative of the, the kind of all-encompassing nature of publishing houses now rather than just magazines. They, they do every trade shows and digital and all that kind of stuff. So we're now known as Hammerville Media Group. So yes, yeah, so we're employed by them. Um, an organisation that is best known for its print publications that serve trade organisations and shows and things like that as well. Um, just very trade focused in so B two B communications through, through publications and trade shows and digital platforms and things like that. And we have lots of titles that maybe you and a few of the the, the, the guys that have been on the podcast would be familiar with. You mentioned PHPI, Professional Heating and Plumbing yeah, yeah. Installer, Professional Just Builders, builder. our flagship title. So that was the first one that started things off in PE. I found, I found, if you don't mind me saying, no. is uh, the the pro electrician magazines always seem to fly off the shelves in the wholesalers. Um, there are some yeah, people who will never read them. Yeah, um, sure. because I think the only people who would be interested in uh, pro electrician are the people who actually give a damn. Yeah, um, to be honest, because there's I know I know lots of electricians. I remember growing up. I remember I remember specifically sitting in the van or outside a church rewire. This must have been about ninety seven, ninety eight. And I remember sitting there engrossed in a pro electrician magazine. And I remember the electrician I was with, Chris's name was, and I remember him saying, why are you reading all that rubbish? Um, and I was like, I'm learning. Did you know that you can get these bits of kit that make what we've just been doing for the last four days take yeah. hours? Yeah. And then he was like, no, oh, oh well, I don't really look at it. Cause, and, and at the time, I didn't realise what it was. Was It was all well, shame CPD. On shame on him. No, but that, it was yeah. CPD. No, that's that, that's yeah. all the magazines are, whatever yeah. you may think of them. Some people are going to go, oh, magazines are full of adverts. They have to pay for themselves some way, but they are CPD in a bite-sized form that you can literally pick up, leave in your van, and for all the world of digital, it's still quite handy when you're eating your lunch. It's yeah, still a recognised way of doing it, although we are moving on to the platform of social media, YouTube. I would never, ever take CPD from Twitter as long as I draw breath. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter is just the epitome of everything that's wrong with social media. Um, I just, it's too toxic and people don't get the written word. Um, especially electricians, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, I mean it as in we're too aggressive, we're too yeah. angry as yeah. a trade at times, at times, not everybody, don't, everyone hate me on Twitter, um, <laughs> but it is just the most well, it, misconstrued. It can be a very statement-based platform, Twitter, so, uh, you know, we're digressing slightly, but, it, but, you know, people do go on there a lot and they will make statements and possibly aggressive statements. I always think, again, it's what you just, you know, alluded back to earlier, Paul, the beauty of conversation, having a conversation with someone face-to-face -face is, you can see what the tone of the conversation means, Sorry. essentially. So are they being sarcastic? Yeah, are yeah. they actually being, you know, narky with you? You know, sometimes people will actually post statements on Twitter that aren't being aggressive, but actually they're construed to be that way because that's how someone's interpreted it. So that's the beauty of the conversation. If me and you were having that conversation face to face, you'd know what tone yeah. we were having that conversation. Yeah, in. So it's true. I, I think that can be one the of intent, the, the intent of the, of the of the narrative yeah. is, is quite powerful. Yeah, but no, um, it's, I really appreciate what you say about the CPD as well, because I think any, any kind of learning that you do do through a publication, whether that's learning about new products or it's getting a little bit more technical with your CPD and learning about the 18th edition or or anything really which you know is helpful in your work I, I do think it's some form of CPD so I, I, I do think you're you're absolutely right in that Paul and we you know we like to view the magazine as, as being that kind of resource for people um, so so I mean I'm, I'm more interested can you remember any of the stories that were, were, were particularly prevalent in the magazine because you were reading the magazine well before I I was an editorial uh, you know, a blot on the editorial landscape. Do you know there, what so I used to? I used to love what, the, it, what used to be talked about. The, it was to be honest with you. The, the, it was the technical articles. The NICs. This is before they had the days of their snags and solution books, which are awesome. Yeah. Um, before they came out of that, those articles made up what is, I suppose, the uh, the foundations for what became snags and solutions. But for me, it was always the debate pieces. It was always mm -hmm. the. Did you know that you you do or you don't have to earth a back box? And these are the pros, these are the cons. This is this is the consideration you have to give. I love that because it was just bite size. And yeah. and when I'd read it, I'd go right. That's the answer. Yeah. 
and why is it the answer? Okay, it now makes sense because they've quoted all the sources of information. Sure. And yeah, and yeah I used, used to love it for the NIC articles. This is before yeah. the days of Searchshore and. Yeah, well, I mean, we still this. obviously retain them, you know, so they're still, they're still a, a regular thing in the publication these days, which we hope proves it as kind of re useful resource for guys. And but, but latterly now. Nap it also yeah. do. Yeah, they do some crap. Yeah. Nap it do some crap. Talk about up in the game. Nap it, I have to say, in all fairness, the guys who they've got locked in their offices writing the technical articles. Yeah have massively up the game yeah. and I love it when you see something that nobody's really yeah thought about or discussed and you look at um, again if you look at the wine regulation special occasions there's so much that we could explore there we haven't even started to explore yeah because there are only tiny little sections and it's very specialist but I think some people will find it interesting it also helps you want to diversify what you do as a contractor yeah um, but anyway right yeah, so you work for Hamerville Media yep. Um, you're the editor of Pro Electrician Magazine. Yeah. Um, you got into it because you were doing computer porn. No, yeah. sorry. <laughs> computer porn? Around <laughs> about that sort of age. Yeah, so. computer porn. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you were yeah, doing computer programming. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what do you like? I always wanted to be a journalist, really, in my own mind. So, uh, so that kind of just confirmed doing the year out of not being, you know, doing a journalism degree and that kind of stuff. That, that, that kind of confirmed So, it what made you. No, let me rephrase that. Not what made you. Um, what do you enjoy about your job? Um, there's lots of really interesting. I think um, you know when you when you sort of look at the kind of monthly process that we go through. So so you know again one of the things to just um, anyone that's watching the, the the you know the ramble today between us both is you know it's a monthly magazine. Um, so you go through a process. You go. You're quite deadline driven. You have to be organised. Uh, you have to get yourself, um, you know, properly organised, well ahead of time with everything. But I think the one thing that I really enjoy uh, about the job is no two days really are ever the same in the job. So, for example, tomorrow I've got a whole day in the office. Today I've spent the afternoon with you out doing stuff that we hope will be useful for the publication, useful for you guys as well. Um, Wednesday I'm out on the road again meeting some advertisers. So I have to say life absolutely flies past. I'm sure it does for you in your job because obviously you're an incredibly busy guy, much busier than I am. I, you know, which is a lot. I literally... Um, Life I, must just fly past for it's you. It's like these series of micro switches. It's like relays. Normally closed, normally open relays. That's the only way I can describe my brain most days, where it's like a work issue, another work issue, <laughs> yeah. another, any five it, or PE stuff, or something to nap it, or, 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 or something that we're trying to do. The amount we said, we said uh, at Christmas when we took December off, just to be clear, we didn't take December off. I just yeah, couldn't. Break, didn't we, we we didn't. Well, what we did was we just stopped using Twitter and <laughs> yeah. Instagram and everything yeah. else um, because we were just so tied to it. People emailing us, we just stopped. Yeah. Um, Christmas, I spent most of Boxing Day. Oh, look, the dog wants her bone. She's very dismissive. <laughs> it's the last one, darling. There you go. So Christmas, I spent sending out E five badges. Yeah, pretty much most yeah. of boxing day all day. You sent me a picture of you doing it on Christmas. Bloody Eve. hundreds, yeah, bloody hundreds of yeah. them I was doing, and yeah. um, so that was we were doing, and we were knackered, we were shattered, so we were literally taking December to catch up on yeah. a backlog, yeah, and we were exhausted. Come the new year, it was like the tenth of January, and we basically we kind of like wished each other a happy Christmas, happy New Year, and all that, but quietest time we've ever had an E five. And then it was just like, come the 10th, it was like a text message on a group. Oh, I'm knackered still, I'm knackered. Oh, we better get going. And it, it was it was really hard going. We're now on, what, February the 20th? Yeah. It feels yeah. Like the amount of stuff we're working on, <laughs> the amount of stuff we're doing and planning. Yeah. It's like this morning, I've been on the phone to Dave about his Sparky Ninja stuff, about E5 stuff, yeah. about other partnership bits. Yeah. We've had other people from the industry on the phone, all sorts of stuff, and the day job. Yeah. It's about four hours sleep yeah. is actually the, the yeah. correct answer. Yeah. Um, but in all fairness, um, I've always lived on about four hours kip a night yeah. because my old man used to be up at like 5 a.m. He would go to bed late and yeah. it kind of just gravitated. It becomes inbuilt in you after a while. Well, when it? I was on the tools as well, when I was you know doing other, I, I was working all hands under the sun, so it just became the norm. Yeah. Um, and doing E5 stuff is like a battery. I mean, I'm going to Devon and Cornwall next week yeah. next week and I'm doing three lecture tours and I've finished the PowerPoint I spent all weekend doing the PowerPoint literally all weekend doing it and it, it started at 139 slides yeah. it's now down to 60 
and I sent it to Dave this morning and Dave just went oh my god there's so much you're going to have to cut it down <laughs> no 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 but what he said was that it was so much yeah. content in it sure yeah. but what I want them to do is when they go and see it I might even Instagram live it but when I want when I when people go and watch it what I want them to do is to uh, not take everything away but take oh wow I've got a lot to learn or oh I didn't know that yeah. or if they take three or four small gems yeah or a view of I've got a lot to learn or yeah. they go I'd, it was too quick it was too much but I'd love to reread it then at the end of it they get a copy of it oh that's great then so yeah. I always yeah. give out the training material yeah. I give I yeah. do because why wouldn't I no I, I am I don't yeah. know why the training industry hoards and holds on to crappy old 17th 16th edition material I've done courses where the whole course was like 17th edition amendment 2 and you're like you lazy bastards update your material don't do death by bullet points most of my slides are visual. Yeah. Picture, picture, picture. Yeah, no, I mean, and if anyone's watched our prosumer stuff, me and Dave did, there's bits of that that I've stuck into there, um, covering the topical bits, but giving it a independent view. So yeah. I'm doing that next week. And that and it sounds mad because they're like an hour and 15 each night for three nights. But that's a battery recharge for Yeah, me. of course. Yeah, plus, yeah. plus um, it's also good because... I can get to go on holiday with my missus afterwards as well, which yeah. is even better. Yeah. So yeah, well, I mean, you know, you need to have a very understanding missus. I would imagine at times, mate. So I'm sure the other holiday, she the other holiday is, will sort that well, situation out. Well, she watched for the you. video that we did the other day, yeah. And I think the penny finally dropped for her. Yeah, I love the video. Yeah, she was great. like, ah, oh, right. Yeah. So that's what you do. And I was who, like, who was the artist on the video, by the way? I mean, I was interested. This is a question I wanted to ask you. So the uh, the song on the video on the on your friend's video that you guys did, so that, that I watched last night. So, oh, uh, it's feeling electric. Love that tune. It's called Feeling Electric, um, and I can't remember who the hell made did that song. They'll That's probably on the spot, they'll it? probably sue me anyway for using it. But <laughs> no, it's a, we when we did our E five live events, um, we actually we played it over the PA. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I thought it was a very happy, upbeat yeah, song. Yeah, so that's what I like. Um, yeah. And we, we played that, our E5 music and Sparking Ninja's music, yeah. um, just on a playlist. Okay. And yeah. it was just very low in the background. Yeah. But if you, if you like stop talking... Chinese torture thing in the Yeah, end, well, no, but if you, if you stopped <laughs> listening, you could hear Feeling Electric, and I thought it was yeah. very prevalent. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So it was actually my mobile phone that chucked up. There's a highlights video on YouTube somewhere, find it. Um, and it's it was a year and a half's worth of stuff, and my phone said, here's some highlights for the last six months. And yeah, I thought... Great. I've not done anything. I've done little videos, but there's loads of videos we've never released, loads of footage we've never released. Yeah. So I put it all together and it was about 40 minutes and I went to my, my missus just said, don't be stupid, chop it into little glimmers. Yeah. And what's your point? And I was like, it's been really fun. It's been really humbling working yeah. with my friends. And she went, then make it fun. So then I just edited it together. So it was all of us having a giggle, having a laugh and just doing bits and bobs. And it came out really well. And the first time I rendered it and played it on the big screen, which is just behind where the camera is, um, I, I teared up. It was amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It was, it was yeah, so did cool. A good job of it. Um, so there's a few other yeah. secrets on this conversation couch. Yeah. Where we're going to tell people about tell people in the electrical industry secrets that they've never heard. Yeah. Ever before anywhere on any podcast. Oof. Shall so I'm going to lead, but you have to uh, agree or disagree with the secret. So we, me and Mr. Richard Bowler, are going to now tell you something about the electrical industry that's going to blow your minds. Okay. We are wrestling fans. Big style. Big style wrestling. Big time. <laughs> I am a man of the nineties. For those who don't know what a man of the nineties is, it's when you turn eighteen. What decade? Yeah. I turned eighteen in the nineties, and I grew up with wrestling. My first wrestling event was SummerSlam '88. Yeah. Okay, and that goes back a bit. Um, and I have literally watched every single pay-per-view period yeah. since then. I've got WWE Network. It's sad for a spot, and I, I know it is. But my God, what nostalgia trip! I don't really watch Raw anymore. I do watch no. Wrestle Talk. Yeah, um, because that you ain't got time. No, it's you ain't so got much time. Of it on Wrestle now. Talk and yeah. highlights. God love YouTube. Yeah for it but we are massive wrestling fans yeah we love it yeah well that's what part of our you know we obviously have work conversations whenever we speak to each other on the phone but a big part of it is actually it's, it's actually wrestling. wrestling yeah what do you, you, you watch that, that? No, i've watched that yeah so, yeah but my, my interest is it in it is actually slightly different to yours as well is that I, I i i read a lot of what they call the dirt sheets and the background stuff that's going on because i love finding out about how what influences the background in the industry and uh, I'm pretty obsessed with it all to be honest with you so uh, obviously I, don't, I haven't watched all the pay-per-views like you over a period of time but my, my interest has been I've spent lots and lots of hours doing background research on how the industry works things going oh, on yeah, in there. Yeah, you know yeah. you know all about that as well but um, yeah no we love no, it no. we love it to be fair don't we no we, we do be a male soap opera 
It is a bit of a male soap opera. <laughs> See, for most people who hate wrestling, and those people who switched off now and gone bonkers weirdos, <laughs> it is the the thing I love about it. And Bella, Bella loves yeah. you. Look yeah. at her tail going bonkers. Thank you for the, the tag team part. Chicken now. thing. Um, one <laughs> of the things that uh, I love about wrestling is the fact that it is a it is the most athletic thing you've because if you think falling background, falling back, and doing all them stunts, let's be honest about it, it's aerobics in a ring where yeah. you sacrifice impacts on your body. Yeah. That is a sport that will destroy your body, yeah. take it out of you, damage your health, damage your brain, and they do it Very quickly. 300 nights a year. Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And they storytell and act, some yeah. badly, some brilliant. <laughs> the 80s, it was terrible. It was just tights, trunks, and a, yeah. a little sign, and, and a bit of music, and that was it. Yeah. But now, the efforts they go into is just... Yeah, yeah. well, it's a multi-billion pound industry, so isn't it? You know? the, question, the question I have for you is, favourite wrestler of all time? Favourite wrestler of all time. I was thinking about this on the way over because I didn't know Shouldn't we were going to possibly have this you conversation. Should not have to it, think. It, it spans across different eras, though. That's the thing. Ooh, so, so I'm sort of conflicted. So, okay. so, 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 if we look at the '80s and when I first sort of came into, to, uh, and probably around the same sort of age as you, yep. actually. So, so I was very fortunate in that uh, my mum agreed that for my my birthday present one year, Sky TV was going to be. So we were one of the first houses, I think, even locally to have a satellite same here. dish up. Same here. B Sky um, B, it was a hexagonal type. That's it, yeah. Weird oh, it's a terrible, it was it's a terrible awful. eyesore. And, if, type and if, if the wind blew, yeah. you lost your signal. So I think going back to that, um, myself and my sister then, because I've got an older sister, and one of the rules of, of me being allowed to have Sky is that my sister had to be allowed to watch it as well. <gasps> At the same time, there was MTV and different things oh, well, like that. You mean when MTV actually played music? Yeah, they did, and it was a good, it was a fantastic uh, channel. It MTV. was, it was, and then they stopped and I went days. to VH1. Yeah, I did as well, mate. Which I knew I, I was getting loved. older. Yeah, no, I loved VH1, to be fair. We Paul King on there quite a lot and lots of different guys, but um, no, I, I, um, I think my first memory of wrestling was watching Wrestling Challenge uh, and Wrestling Heenan. Superstars, which yeah. so they would have two shows, one hour a week, on, and that was on Sky One, or one of them would be on Sky Sports or Sky One. But my first ever, what you would call as a pay-per-view, was I was searching around German channels that were in the background as well, not looking for weird, because I was quite young at the time. Hey, Paul. Uh, but one, one Friday night, a pay-per-view popped up on there, which was being narrated in German by the German commentators, but I thought, I've never, good, yeah. I've never seen a pay-per-view before. <laughs> so uh, that was very good. Yeah. It happened to be SummerSlam 1990. Oh. Which, so I, I think we'd got Sky in something like 90, late 1990s so or not in So that was Rick Rude versus Elton Warren in a steel cage. It was indeed, and it was also... Uh, it was also... First time um, I saw a cage, I was blown away. Uh, well, this was the thing but the, the actual first match that blew me away and the one that I turned on as the ring entrances were coming on was Heart Foundation versus Demolition oh, best yeah, out of two classic. out of three falls and from the moment I watched that pay-per-view match I was in love Hooked. with wrestling uh, yeah. and there were various things going on in that the, the Heart Foundation where you've got obviously the Anvil and the Hitman who are these two sort of polar opposite type Technical wrestlers to a certain hitman was very technical. Anvil was the power. bully, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know? yeah, the power of the And bully. then we had this demolition, this group of guys that came in with these sort of it leather was, outfits. Well, let's quite intimidating. In the eighties, it was badass and cool. Yeah. Now it just looks. I like mean, it looks incredibly campy. Well, now. it looks it looks fetish yeah. and, and dominatrix. Yeah, it, and, does. <laughs> it looks fetish and dominatrix. Yeah. Demolition. It, 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 when you're a grown man and you look back, yeah. they were your idols, and you yeah. realise you were worshipping some weird yeah. and that sub. And that was actually probably the yeah. joke behind it. That probably was. I would. If, I bet if you looked into it, they probably was the joke behind it. But the thing they were running at the time with demolition is they'd got a third member, which is the first time I'd ever seen this. Yeah. Yeah, so they obviously used to come in in their masks and they used to hide one of them underneath the ring for anyone who's not particularly educated in this side of things and he would come out later in the match sometimes to replace one of the guys that was more tired and I have to say from watching that match and the Heart Foundation actually went on to win despite all the villainous tactics of their opponents yep. uh, and I was literally from that point onwards I was head over heels in love really with wrestling so my favourite probably in the 80s were British Bulldog and Bret the Hitman Hart um, and then if we're looking kind of 90s moving onwards uh, CM Punk probably latterly was my kind of hero uh, in the 2000s really got me back into wrestling and some of the things he was doing out of that later yeah you 2000s. do you do take a break from it I would, yeah. I'm not gonna lie I've, I've watched breaks. it I don't <laughs> get me wrong I've watched every single Wrestlemania always um, I've watched the Royal Rumble always yeah but I've gone literally like a year or two where I've watched nothing other than Royal Rumble and yeah. Wrestlemania yeah um, so what are your what are your thoughts like about the current product then? So uh, you know uh, while we're on the subject, it's a bit you, of a car wreck. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got no yeah. direction. They keep yeah. they keep reimagining the same story, same stuff, same hero villain stuff. There's never anything new. I think they're scared to let people be original when people are by accident. They then become big stars. 
Um, I like what they're doing with the women's division. I think yeah. they need to give them more more time, which is a good thing. Uh, the cruiserweights having their own separate thing was just dumb. But for me, if I put that question myself, excuse me, put myself, Brett Hitman Hart. I met him when I was fifteen. Um, WWF champion with Green Shopping Centre. Yeah, I cared more about holding the Wing Eagle belt <laughs> yeah. than meeting Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, explain again the concept of the Wing Eagle belt. So that was a, a bespoke belt. belt. It was, yes, yes. it was, it yeah. was indeed. And mm -hmm. um, I met Demolition a couple of, about three years ago at a Comic Con, and one of the members of the Demolition, I think it's Smash, was an electrician. Was he really? Started as an electrician. So yeah. I got to meet. So this is how dumb it is, right? Yeah. So I go to Comic Cons occasionally with my best mate. And we do dress up and act like weirdos, but that's fine. Um, and what's the matter? You don't like Comic Cons? You don't? Sorry, this is Bella's interrupting us. We're recording. She's kind of boring us now, Daddy. Yes, boring well, come over and have a Come on, we'll have a cuddle two. then. <laughs> come on, come on for a cuddle. Oh, bless <laughs> her. So, yeah, we go to Comic Cons, and they were, so there was a whole load of wrestlers, and there was queues for all the modern wrestlers, and Axe and Smash were standing there with their face painted, and I was yeah. like, what the heck? So yeah. I walked up and went, why is there not a queue? And they were like really nice and they engaged and they, me and my brother great. got a selfie with them, yeah. um, got an autograph with them and he really said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I started my life as an electrician. He went, oh yeah, 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 smash. Hey, he was an electrician before he came to wrestle. I was like, really? That's incredible. And he was like, yeah. And I went, yeah. I used to watch you on um, 98 and stuff yeah, on my yeah, neighbor's yeah. satellite and yeah. they were really nice, yeah. really humbling. Anyway, anyway, enough well, about no, us. Just an interesting question on that one actually is that they, WWE obviously used to base a lot of their characters around trade professionals even back in the day didn't they so you would have oh, you had yeah. Duke the Dumpster Drosy who was a dustman wasn't he uh, you had Bob Spark Plug Holly who Repo was, Man uh, yeah, yeah so you had Repo Man but he was a, I mean he was a he was yeah a re, obviously he was a thief also was. as well wasn't oh, yeah, he, that yeah, which yeah. was Smash so was. again in WWE terms they, they would often repackage characters so wouldn't they after a while this has turned into <laughs> a very different conversation <laughs> couch straight away um, but hey who cares yeah. it's our conversation couch we can talk what we but want but did they ever do an electrician character don't remember if they ever did Maybe there wasn't enough villainous about an electrician. Maybe they were just too good people. You no, know, too if good they did an electrician character, he never would have been champion and he'd probably sat yeah. around tossing it off. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or he would have been wiping his backside with $50 notes, yeah. uh, professing that the electrician trade is the highest paid. Well, here's a question for you. Going back into yeah. electrics. Yeah, sure. Who in God's name comes out with all these statistics yeah. that state that Sparks are the highest paid gods yeah. known to man I know I know there are oh, yeah, like yeah. websites where they yeah. on the tools where they go they do these videos very funny one of a guy drinking champagne and smashing yeah. but it's so not true <laughs> it's mind -blowing. You, you, have, you have to treat uh, a lot of those uh, surveys and things Bella. that come out with a, with a pinch of salt in all fairness because normally what they're, they're, they're done from a very small survey size a lot of the time um uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I've walked around your gaff, and you've told me about the plans that you've got to extend this place. And yes. it sounds to me like electricians are doing all right for themselves, actually, as a no. career. So um, you know, no. I've stepped into the the boudoir excuse upstairs me, excuse as well. Excuse me, I am a, I am a <laughs> semi-retired part-time electrician, yeah. just doing the sockets that you see on the wall next to you at the right height. And yeah. And everything else so yeah. that's that's about the, the extent of my electrics now is if i'm helping someone or i'm doing my own yeah and that's about it i'm yeah. a, i'm a client now which people will shoot me for saying for the millionth time but um electrics electrical installation is still my hobby and my passion yeah um henceforth I see all my friends are electricians anyway yeah. apart from one who's a civil engineer but i don't hate him i just take the mickey out of him yeah. constantly yeah because he makes it out it's a big thing like digging holes with a shovel and filling it with concrete it's complex <laughs> no, it is it is in fairness yeah. it actually is but yeah. um Okay, so no, yeah, I think it's a lot of those referral sites that put out those sorts of that, that sort of content. So I, I, I would I would say that that, that the electrician certainly should be. So I wouldn't necessarily say that you know you're, obviously you're, you're talking from your experience of being on the talk with a lot of people you know. People in the listening trade, to this and and watching it if they're watching it on YouTube, they'll be immediately saying that there's a race to the. What do you? It's a good question. What do you yeah. think of the race to the bottom? Um, yeah, I mean, a race to the bottom. So, so it doesn't just exist in the electrical. So, if I, you know, I, I've talked to you before about coming from the automotive side of things, and one of the the biggest problems and the biggest buzzwords that we always had when I was working on that publication, when we talked to readers, was the race to the bottom and how it was putting uh, a lot of what you would call died in the wall mechanics who were well trained potentially in jeopardy because they were losing out on price based um, uh, quotes, etc., uh, etc. 
Look, the race to the bottom is a, de- is a terrible thing for any industry, but I think um, it starts to change itself. That situation will start to change itself based on two things, really, is the education of the people that are employing the individuals to come in and do the work, whether it's in their house which or Which is commercial very work, difficult. Which is incredibly difficult. And then the second one is the... Um, uh, the faith and the onus that the electricians themselves that are charging for this work put on themselves. So I know there'll be a lot of people out there would say, well, you know, I want to charge £120 an hour for labour, I want to charge £100 an hour for labour, and there's a guy down the street who, by hook or by crook, might be classified as being as qualified or as competent as me, but how can he charge £40 an hour? And so, that's costing me the work. So that's okay. the race to the bottom. So there's, there's, yeah. mul- there's multiple parts of the race. If you're not familiar or you're trying to understand what the race to the bottom is. The race to the bottom is when you go out and you do a tender for some work and you charge in good faith, you've done a survey, you know what you need to do to comply with the regs, you've mapped out the job in your head and you've given a fair rate based on all of the rubbish and the overheads that you have to pay as a registered trademan. So I'm using a one-man yeah, band as no, an example. There's some yeah. fantastic people on Twitter who actually share examples of what makes up all of their fair, yeah. fair rates. At the end of the day, you know, good quality is not cheap loads of people want cheap which means the quality is rubbish now they'll lose out to someone who's done a five-week course or a 12-week course who will go in not map it in the head not have half the overheads and so if somebody says i want to let's say i i'm i ask a a guy off of uh, social media to come and do my consumer unit he'll come around and he'll say right well firstly i need to do an eicr because that's just good practice i would kick him out of a house if he didn't want to do it anyway um and check all the bonding my price will include for EICR any works that I've seen from doing my quick check, um, survey works, um, and also um, I'm going to price for a new consumer unit plus profit and various other bits and bobs. So I'm going to charge you say thirteen hundred pound yeah. for for that. Um, but by the way, I've only allowed one day to do the EICR. Yeah. If there's other faults, I'll be charged at an hourly rate of yeah. say seventy five pound an hour. Yeah. So I know what I'm getting. Fine. A five week course person may turn around and just go. Three hundred pound for the board, charging two hundred fifty. Well, look, what, what I would probably stop with the conversation there. It's not necessarily a five. It doesn't necessarily even have to fall into the category of what you might class as a five-week wonder. There are lots of people that are out there in the market operating who might not have maintained their CPD as they're going along, or might not even. I, I uh, agree. Have the faith I, ag- in their business I, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I do agree with you. However, the the coal face, the lads on the coal face, it is the short course people that are doing this. And if someone who had enough experience in this industry, they wouldn't be leaving the lash up. So there's a lot of people on social media who will go in after they've lost to a uh, race to the bottom competitor and have to fix that person's problem. And that's where the industry doesn't take any ownership whatsoever of that individual. Now, a lot of people on social media, they'll say, oh, the NIC or NAPIT or Stroma, they're they're not accountable for any individuals. It's like, it's like someone saying, Richard, uh, you're accountable for my actions. You're going to go, how? How? I'm not babysitting him. He's, I'm yeah. not his mother. I don't sit over him every five minutes. Yeah. And I think the problem is is it's, it's industry oversight has been yeah. very poor in the past. I do think in the future, it's inevitable that the industry is going to grow and emerge and change because technologies are growing, emerging and changing. The need for skills is is getting greater the skills and the experiences are getting lower. Yeah. And and so something has to shift. And I think it's fairly evident as of recent, you're seeing a shift um, very slowly yeah. of, uh, um, you know, even the ECA are not endorsing short course. People are now basically saying publicly, six years to get your approved yeah. cards. Yeah, That's a fantastic thing. Yeah, yeah, six definitely. years of demonstrating your practical yeah. skills is good because that, what that's doing is that's reinstilling the faith. Yeah, It doesn't mop up everything, but yeah. If you think change is going to happen quickly, it won't. Yeah, I've always said it's our industry has been slowly broken down for twenty plus years. It will take twenty odd years, hopefully maybe quicker, um, to put it back into a good state. But the only way it is is with the intelligent, skilled people helping and supporting those who are currently in the industry, yeah. and also those who are coming into the industry, yeah, which is frightening. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, if we if we go back to the kind of point I was making about being in automotive previously, and like it, it, they don't have a central governing body in that industry, so there is not what you would class as a government regulated register of individuals. It's amazing, considering every vehicle can be killed. Me, me, and, me and you could, uh, you, you and I could could uh, easily tomorrow open up a premises next door to this building and start trading as uh, garage technicians, as, uh, as obviously they like to be called these days, or the guys that have uh, time served and have done their CPD in that industry. 
industry and have done all of the you know the knowledge based stuff because it is such an ever evolving industry that one as well but but you know on that side of things from their perspective me and you could start trading tomorrow we could start operating out of a garage and pretty much you could guarantee that it would be a race to the bottom for us from that first point because we've got no overheads really that we've had to invest in and we haven't had to invest in our cpd and training we haven't had to invest in the right equipment to fix that individual's car all of the business practices so whenever anyone is going out to quote and tender for work and if you are concerned about the race to the bottom and it's not always going to convince the customer to go with you just be 100 percent transparent and honest about what it is that you're charging for and ask them to maybe get a detailed quote or a breakdown from the other individual that may be racing to the bottom so to speak and, 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 and you know it's interesting <coughs> it's interesting you say that because when i go for my car service i go with a main dealer but i have over the years i went with ford once god help me i know um donate me for it and ford i remember used to charge me like four five hundred quid for stuff yeah. and it used to it used to just boil me and i used to be like why mm. is it so much but then i'd go to a local garage and it'd be like it's 90 pound for that part yeah it's 90 pound the labor is like 75 pound yeah. I was charged over double because yeah. it's Ford. Yeah, by Ford. So it's the bells and whistles. I mean, again, you know, it's slightly different that's when you funding. look at the electrical industry. Yeah, but yeah. that's funding the profit machines. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's not good. Well, I mean, here's a little tip for anyone. Uh, this is about this is about consumer rights when it comes to your vehicles and your cars because we all drive cars and our cars. Yeah, well, yeah. Go on then. One little tip. Well, you should all be aware of what the block exemption regulation means in that industry. And if you aren't aware of what it is, essentially, when you buy a new car, you're often told or you're under the impression or made to feel under the impression that over the warranty lifetime of that vehicle, so it could be a three or four year warranty that you get with that car, is that it has to go back to the dealer to have its servicing work done for it to not then invalidate the warranty. Absolutely, factually incorrect. You are allowed to take your car, whether it's in warranty, whether it's one year old, two year old, to an independent garage to have that car serviced. Um, And there's some terminology which is very gray in that industry. So as long as the garage in question is using the equivalent of the original uh, quality of parts, uh, which takes every good garage, uh, quite a lot of it, uh, they need to interrogate, they need to find out who. So again, another little tip for you, Peugeot, uh, Ford, any manufacturer that you see out there and you're driving their vans or their vehicles about, they don't make parts. Parts are made for them, so so probably actually in some respects the correct way to describe those entities are vehicle assemblers. They're not necessarily vehicle manufacturers because they're not manufacturing really? the parts. They're assembling the vehicles on a production line, and they're using parts from lots and lots of brands that you may have heard. You know, uh, Bosch are big in that I didn't world. Know that. Bosch I didn't are massively know that. big in that world. Uh, Siemens is a big con- contributor to Siemens the to, to the ele- uh, to the automotive industry. So so in that world, yeah. So so there's a few things that you're learning when it comes to that. So See, so. I'm, I'm not privileged enough so, to, um, uh, even though I want to refurb my yeah. house, I'm driving a Kia, dude. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no that's fair. I drive a white but, Kia with but, a red But roof. I think for anyone that's got like a bit, you know, it, it, you, you need to understand what your rights are because I think those manufacturers or assemblers, as I might call them, or vehicle manufacturers would have you believe that, you know, that, that there would be problems for you taking your car to an independent, but you need to know what the laws are and um, certainly in a good independent garage will know as well, so, uh, one that's invested in so themselves. So what laws do consumers have to protect them in the electrical industry? Well, I I, I, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about that one because obviously we 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 I'm have just thinking we, out loud. we have I'm some organisations that kind of are, are there to look at um, you know more consumer facing you know stories such I'll as electrical it, safety first. I'll put first. it out because my brain's a bit blank at the moment. Yeah. The electrical safety first. I've got some amazing yeah. stuff on the website, but that the consumer unit in my house when I moved in, um, I could hear an arcing off of it, and and I had some issues with um, thermal issues. It's a nice word for a fire, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I didn't. I didn't know at the time, but my board, until I checked electrical safety first, was under a recall. Okay. Um, yeah. And I didn't know, but luckily, again, electrical safety first, always check out their recalls because the amount of sector boards that were put out that were recalled was mind blowing, and they probably only got a very small percentage of them back. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. But from uh, laws to protect consumers, yeah. I think trade descriptions, trading standards. Yeah. But um, as far as, uh, and this is one of the things that's always griped me a bit, is in the electrical industry, if you have a registered contractor coming to do the work, part of the complaints procedure for, as far as I'm aware, and somebody can tell me if I'm wrong, all of the various voluntary bodies, NAPIT, NIC, etc., they all have a complaints procedure, which is excellent. Um, but when you go in and put a complaint in by, about an electrical contractor, step one is you have to give them the opportunity to put it right. Sure. Now, who the hell wants a tradesman who screwed up putting the work right? 
And I you think that's just probably don't. the issue, yeah. You yeah. don't. So I did, on my last house, I replaced the roof. This is why I used to live in Hertfordshire. And I sat literally a week off work reading all the roofing standards. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, what standards are them tiles? Da, da, da. What standards are the battens? And I literally would download, this is really sad. I downloaded the British standards and I read them, got a highlighter pen. And I went and he said, this batten must be installed like this. And I was like, that's not right. Mm. And I literally looked at all the bits that a layman needed to know. So I ended up snagging the roofers. Now, anyone who knows roofers knows they're quite burly and aggressive mm. and have no fear. And I gave them a 12-page snag list <laughs> of the yeah. roof. And the look on their face was priceless because yeah. obviously I retained five grand. Yes. And the bloke came back with the snag list printed out by his boss because his yeah. boss was a sweetheart. Yeah. He was a very fair, good, honest yeah. businessman. Yeah. But the builders weren't used to being snagged. No, no, they weren't. And it was absolutely incredible yeah. <clears throat> what was going on. Hang on, my dog has now got trapped in the lease. <laughs> but yeah, so don't be afraid to snag. But yeah. I hope in time the industry bodies will change that complaints procedure to saying they will, as part of your fee, maybe, as part of your fee, they will send an independent contractor around yeah. um, who will then snag the work on behalf of, of the body who can then say, yes, it's got merit or not. And then they can basically... Um, put sanctions on the individual contractor or an improvement notice until they've then done enhanced surveillance and inspection okay, yeah, to up their game. Concept. That's, well, yeah. 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 Um, and, and basically, they've got two choices, agree to it or do one. Mm. And then regulate the industry so that people have to have yeah. registered competent individuals or companies or organisations. Yeah. And then that way, the consumers know if they're not using someone who gives them a certificate or has yeah. an industry-recognised brand, they're using cowboys. Yeah. I think um, when you look at the electrical industry, I think, again, should it be up to the customer to have to do the, uh, the interrogation work in the back end? Of course, whenever any of us ever, ever buy anything or employ someone to do something for you, there has to be an element of interrogation. But I think when it's an industry that you don't know an awful lot about yourself, um, and you're certainly not technically qualified or proficient to do that work yourself, and there's a safety critical element to it as well, um, there has to be at least, you know, so, what you would call a central uh, identification. So I've got a controversial. I've got a controversial thing to do. So <laughs> years and years ago, when I worked for British Gas, they had something called a uh, quality assurance manager, QAM for short. And any gas fitter who did the work, um, the QAM used to go in, and his sole job was to complete the work. Okay. But his job was to check. He was a, a very seat. This was not a youngster. This was a seasoned veteran of installation work who had had lots of management training lots of additional safety training um, someone who was aware of the legal obligations not just a tradesman someone who'd stepped up very much safety conscious quality conscious yeah. and i remember when i worked for british gas for those years um he would go out and he would ring me up and he would say i've just been at this job i've just checked the other electrician's wiring can you come and fix it it's wrong i mm. can't leave this um, and what he would do is, in fairness, to cover British Gas's backside, he would actually just say, got a few bits that are incomplete that I'm not happy with, we'll get someone back out to get that completed. Yeah. He wouldn't say, by the way, he's done an absolute lash up, the geese yeah, is a yeah, nightmare, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna pump him, <clears throat> it'd be, this is what we need to do. And I found even with the gas fitters, yeah. he got to know them, but he instilled in them a healthy, I know people are gonna hate me saying, a healthy fear that, yeah, when, when, that your work was being checked by yeah. someone. So if you were pissed off and yeah. you were upset, and you were there on a Friday and you think, oh, just sod it, I'll lash this pipe in yeah. or I'll do this, and nobody will ever know. He genuinely crawled through everything with a fine tooth comb okay, yeah. and would yeah. absolutely really destroy his fitters if yeah. they weren't doing the job properly. Bella really loves you. That's all right, she's yeah. dog. Sorry That's about right, that. Hello. Yes, I know. She's like, high five, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about the electrical industry? She says, yeah, I'll have a cut there. Yeah. yeah, I'll say a few. I want to bite you, actually. <laughs> I just want to cheer on you for a bit. So, no, I mean, yeah, like you said, I, 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 and I think, obviously, some of the organisations that are looking after the, you know, the industry as we are, they don't want to scare. People don't want to be, you know, they, they don't want that, that rule by an iron fist and rule well, by fear uh, thing. But I, I think I think I've got an idea. I've got that. a very controversial idea for the electrical <laughs> industry, and then we'll probably wind this up a bit because we're probably going off on one. Um, the what if, here's a magic what if. What if we had, via the CPS schemes, bodies, voluntary bodies, whatever you want to call them, what if an electrical contract, as an, an improvement initiative, there was a voluntary scheme where when you go in and do an electrical installation, there is a follow-up inspection done by someone independent, um, and that snag list is then, uh, a snag list produced if it's needed, or advice sheet 
for that individual contractor to improve themselves yeah. and then if they've gone through say six to twelve months of it that contractor is then only re-inspected every t three years yeah because you've been years. confident that over because, a regular period because your work has been, been regularly yeah, inspected yeah, yeah you can feel confident that that individual's got but what you're also doing the, the reason behind it is the hearts and minds reason of you can go in and the electrician should hopefully feel confident that a peer an industry peer will think his work is good enough which yeah. will build him up and where it isn't you'll have someone who put his arm around him and go yeah you could have done that better or yeah you definitely. Have done that better. oh yeah. by the way if you did do a lash up you're going back yeah for do you sure. know what I mean? So yeah. it's a real consumer confidence. Yeah. Electricians have nothing to hide who I think are very humble and open. Well, will always makes do. mistakes in their work at different times, don't they? You yeah. Know, the, and, and, and the trouble is, it's the unconsciously incompetent. Yeah. And I have met Sparks, and I hate to say it, I have met Sparks who couldn't care about industry bodies, couldn't care about CPD, couldn't care about even doing a good job. They just want to go in, put a light fitting up that can take 10 minutes for 50 quid and disappear, cash in hand, they don't give a damn. They just don't care. They're using social media to get their work or whatever. Yeah. They don't give a toss. And I'll be honest with you, those are the people, to me, I would sanction and throw out the industry. Sure, yeah. Because yeah. they're the people that are the, the bad apples that ruin the best. Yeah, and like you said, like going back to the original point you made at the very start of uh, when we started filming is, is, is they're probably unlikely to be the type of people that are reading our publication on a monthly basis as well. That type of but individual. But you're digital you know now. I mean? so you're digital. We're, 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 we're a bit of both. So, so imagine this days, is my yeah. iPad. Yeah. Then yeah. this, this magazine, which is January 2020's magazine, <laughs> yeah. can also be accessed digitally at any time. Yep. Yep, it can. Yep. And you well, can read about our adventures. Yep. No, I'm on the Flickbook. Um, yep. But yeah, it's on Flickbook. It's really good. I can yeah. do it on my phone as well, although my phone's a bit small. Um, but no, yeah, there's no excuse really. If like there's, there's a lot of what you said, you know, we include we include a hell of a lot of technical content in there and some great contributions. I think the you know just going back to some of the points that we were just talking about a minute ago, one of the things that and, and um, one of the things that I do love about the job and I do love about having um, you know the responsibility on the publication is we can stimulate debate through the publication. And one of the things that we've obviously been trying to stimulate an awful lot of debate about is industry improvement and how people feel that that can be done over a period of time. I'll tell you uh, one thing I would love to do, mate. I would love to sit down with the people who do the marketing for their adverts. Yeah. Because some of the adverts that I see in your magazine, if I can give honest feedback, some of them are great because what they'll say is, here's a new type of back box for Sparks that work in partitions. Yeah. Really simple, quick and easy to fit. Have a look. Yeah. And you get other ones who just bombard it with weird random pictures and too much information overload. Yeah. And it's and it, it's not contextualized. An electrician, when I'm looking through this, I always look for something that catches my eye. Yeah, Straight away in this in this magazine, I can see that Prota have got a three and seven. <laughs> I'm not advertising, they don't pay me. <laughs> but this is a perfect example. Prota, three to seven pole ceiling rows in white or black. Right now, that's something easy for yeah, Sparks. No, there, that's a. I think that's an awesome advert. Yeah. Simple contacts on the bottom. Job done. Some of the marketing out there. Yeah, no. One of the conversations we do have with with our advertisers at different times is to try to get them to understand the things that might work in a print publication Keep it in simple. particular. And um, if you if you look at the way that we actually produce our editorials as well, my f most fundamental consideration when we're looking to do anything is to try and keep it as simple and easily digestible as possible on the page. Every single article that we really run in the magazine, you won't see anything longer than like three pages, for example, in the mag, because we just feel that that's too long a period of time to hold someone's interest. So. Um, so I, I, you know, again, when we're, we're, you know, it's up to any company to decide how they want to advertise themselves Indeed. in the publication, and different companies do resonate with 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 other people. But I, I am more of the mindset of you is that I think less is more. Yeah, often. yeah. Um, well, I think if there's any manufacturers out there who do want <laughs> some, I'm not an advertising guru, by the way, but I do know about brand, and I know. Um, how to hopefully keep people's attention, although nobody's listening to this because we spoke about wrestling. Yeah. Um, but if, if you want any advice, by the way, yeah. for free, um, please feel free. And if you don't want advice for free and you want to give us some money, then <laughs> I've got a better idea. Um, get us in, we'll give you some advice and just give some money to charity. Yeah. That makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, because some of the marketing out there is, I remember once I had a lighting manufacturer came up to me and they gave me a whole load of spiel and they showed me their marketing. I went, oh, this is fantastic. And he went, really? I went, well, everything you've just spent a half hour telling me about isn't in your marketing. <laughs> and you, you, could have, yeah. you could have done a brilliant advert with like four lines. Yeah. So what yeah. the hell have you just done? Yeah. And the guy looked at it and he went, yeah. oh yeah, I went, because everything you've told me that makes me want to buy your product yeah. 
is not in your advert. <laughs> I've got a picture, yeah. and that picture asks more questions than, than answers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do, like I said, different things do resonate with different people at different times, but we, we, our, our view is, I, I think sometimes some of the things that, that the individual can fall foul of sometimes as well is they've got some space in the magazine that they've obviously booked for that particular advert, and they want to try and say as much as possible in that space. Whereas, you know, rather than yes. trying to concentrate on, uh, on just Quantitative one over message. qualitative, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. um, so yeah, no, but I mean, that's one of the challenges, uh, you know, when we go back and we talk about the things I like with the job, I love going around the country and meeting all of our, you know, uh, the parts suppliers that you see, or parts manufacturers that you see in the magazine, we meet a lot of them on a, on a yearly basis I and find out what launches they've got this and industry, great new things. And this industry is incredible. If you're privileged enough to go around and meet the manufacturers and different yeah. people, it's incredible. Really I remember. Yeah. I remember years ago. Um, sorry, Bella. I know you're crying because you just want cuddles. <laughs> um, she is bless her. Um, I remember years ago. I went to meet a switchgear manufacturer in Nottingham. Um, I'll name them AF Switchgear, cracking, cracking switchgear manufacturer for industrial commercial applications. And they were the salt of the earth. Factory was amazing. People were amazing. Their apprenticeships was just off the charts. And they were a community and they genuinely loved the fact that when someone came in, I was doing a panel for Crossrail. Yeah. So they had someone in who was doing one of the very, it was the very first piece of switchgear on Crossrail was from AF Switchgear. If you now go on to London Underground across or Crossrail, there's loads of it, but their build quality was yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. Proper old school. It was dyed in the wool, proper manual engineering. It was a lost art. Yeah. And that company impressed the hell out of me. And I, I, I remember leaving there, buzzing, going, I'm not just buying something for a job. I'm investing in the British economy. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Not there's anything more buying from abroad. No, not at all. But I'm a massive fan with... Um, buy British, invest yeah. in apprenticeships, yeah. invest in jobs and opportunities for people. Yeah. It's just the way I roll. Well, there we there we use the B word in, in any conversation. We, we won't go what? too much into it, but I think- Bastards? One that was, <laughs> oh, bre- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one that we were discussing at the end nah, of the that's year. just That was for yeah, I, politicians I, I, to talk about. I think I'm too simple an individual. I, I, I am a simple individual, as you'll be able to tell from, from sort of watching uh, this conversation between me and you. But one of my thoughts about, you know, if that, if that process did actually go through in the day that we did leave, after the leave vote obviously sort of came through was you know, why, why can't we put some more manufacturing routes back into Britain and why can't we start building things and we making things well, ourselves again we're out of Europe I, and I've still no one's given me a, an answer as to why we, we can't say so we can't do it but why, why can't we we should do you know? I, want, um, I want to buy British manufacturing yeah. cable I want to buy British switch yeah. gear I want to buy I want to buy British lights yeah um, this is for my railway I want to buy as much uh, British assembled. I want whatever money I spend in my day job. I want it to be uh, helping people in this United Kingdom yeah. um, with earning their salaries, feeding their families, yeah. and living their lives. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Some people say, "I'm um, is it right or left?" I don't really care all no, the differences. Yeah. It's all bollocks. To be <laughs> like, left and right is a load of yeah. shite. Yeah. Call me a middleist every day of the week. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Yes. We're going to wind this up. Yep. That's okay. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, we want you back for a podcast, so we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll you on back to discuss. Yeah. That's where we do the Skype stuff um, with the boys, with the lads, hopefully. And yeah. um, is there anything you've got to say as a final thought or confession? Yeah, yeah no, not really as a confession, but obviously just to, to, to talk about possibly about our uh, involvement with one another as well. So I think obviously confess, you know, <laughs> confess, man. confess, man. I think uh, sometimes you can, sometimes people can be misconstrued sometimes in the way that they see things and and and. Um, you know, I, I always want to try and put a, a, a across the, the point, you know, a, a, there were a lot of people that saw you guys on the front cover of our magazine and the three-page article that we did inside. And, and you know, you've been a guest on the stand at Elex quite a lot of the time over the over the yeah. last year or so. And I think it's it's interesting to kind of look back at, at to, I didn't know anything about these lads until obviously Paul, Paul contributed this technical article to the magazine that had this little hashtag in the corner. And then I think it was actually two years ago at... Um, Elex Exeter, me and you got to sit down and actually have a cup of have coffee for the chat. first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was the first I actually got to learn about the E5 group. So you boys were on the radar, you know, a fair bit before that, and and doing your we, stuff. Um, and I think I think the one of the things that are probably a lot of people, we should be honest with them. Um, everybody probably thinks that we're like living in a pro electrician's pocket or whatever. Just just to be clear, um, I'm a firm believer in. I'm quite. I'm quite. Uh, I'm a believer in traditional values. I see pro electrician as very much the backbone of CPD for our industry. So I've always been a firm believer of if I have the ability to get out to the Alexis, go 
to support the events, to encourage other people, which is why we did all our weird videos of me holding yeah. the phone up going, come to Alex, <laughs> come and see all these old blokes with grey hair and people yeah. sending stuff. Um, but no, I, I do, I do, I'm a firm believer in supporting. Um, thank you for the cover, because yeah, um, no, I still haven't paid you for it. Well, no, I think one of the things I was mindful, but when we go back to your little winter break, you and the yeah, lads, yeah, so this is, this is talking about the life of a journalist, being able to, public, uh, to plan what you're doing and everything like that. The January issue was always going to be the one that these lads occupied, uh, which had been decided about about six to seven months previous in my own mind. Anyway, I didn't know you were taking the winter break at that point, but I thought it would be a, a good one for us to do to start the year. But obviously, yeah, it tied in really well, and it actually kept you nice and relevant around that sort of not that you're irrelevant. Well, we at did, any point, we did, Mark. We did say, look, everybody, we're on it. Please go and read yeah, it. Yeah, and you guys did for own selfish job, yeah. reasons. Yeah. And then it took me a miracle. Then what? Let, let's tell the story of it's, what happened at the last elect. So I turned up thinking, so uh, I've got a copy. Well, Shocker. I've got yeah. a copy. Right, I've got a copy of Pro Electrician magazine, but I need loads because <laughs> Dave needs some, Ryan yeah. needs some. Yeah. Send some to my you dad. You want to sign some? Because my dad, yeah. yeah, no, my yeah. dad, my dad wants a copy because he's not proud at all, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so I wanted to send some, and then we turned up, and who do we see? David Savory, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And we're sitting well, on their issue, stand on the February issue, yeah. and they're going, who's he? I'm going, ah, he's no one without a McDonald's hat. <laughs> no, in all fairness, Dave's wicked. And yeah, um, I have mocked him yeah, privately no, which, which, which was really fun, but he took it all in good, really good as humor it should as well. Be, yeah. As it should be. David yeah. Savory is a yeah. um, wonderful YouTuber and a yeah. really nice chap. Yeah. Funny as hell. But yeah. for me, I, we were just made up because we don't do it for any recognition or anything like that. We do it because we want to show people that everyone in this industry can be friends, can be friendly, yeah. can help each other, and sometimes many minds make light work. Yeah. And our industry at the moment is in a very fractured and, and frail state. And if you're going to be different, be different. And I'm sorry to say this, but doing the same thing we've always done doesn't work. And our industry doesn't see it because sometimes we don't see we don't see the woods because there's these weird things called trees, trees. in the way, <laughs> um, and so it's very difficult for parts of the industry. And if if we do anything, it's to shake people up and make them think a bit more dynamically, a bit more differently, and hope yeah. that the output of what we do with individuals or with an organisation can improve someone's CPD or yeah. somebody's business yeah. or somebody's life or a product. Anything we can do that we think we can measure, yeah, great. Yeah, and I think that's one of the appealing parts about art. So again, you know, again, if I look on a sort of smaller scale, we would hope that if to a certain extent the magazine can be, you know, is represented in a similar way, is that you know, but on a smaller scale to what you guys do, is that we're an independent source, and we're hoping that we can improve people in, and like you said, see that wood for the trees, challenge some of the things that aren't necessarily being challenged, and obviously myself as a journalist should have yeah. a more inquisitive mind when it comes to those sorts of things. So you know, and talking to a lot of people that are on the I front line of the industry and, and challenge in that way so I think there is some weird rubbish out in our industry at the moment there's some there's some crap if you don't mind me saying this there's some <laughs> crap out there at the moment that shouldn't even exist and it does and it markets itself as innovation and wonders and you're just thinking really yeah <laughs> really but that you can buy you've been able to buy them from RS for 20 years yeah. how are you oh wait a minute you've come up with a quirky name or something else and you just think to yourself yeah. I think true yeah, innovation. I think, I think I think you always have to put yourself into the shoes of the people that are marketing that Most particular product but, as well. If, and, um, if you, I think know, if you if you don't if you lead with marketing, then you're immediately going to have a bias. Yeah. If you lead with genuinely what's good, the innovation, because innovation, I like the definition of something that uh, is of a benefit to a business, is sure. innovative. But making money is good to a business. That's not innovative. Yeah, yeah no, it's that's just making true. money. Yeah, that is I, true. I genuinely believe that it's something that really makes the business better yeah. or the products better. And I, I love some of the products that are out now because I wish to God I'd have had them twenty years ago. <laughs> um, the super odd stuff's really cool yeah. and awesome. The the uh, which, Wi-Fi. Which, which 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 things do you particularly? Um, the cable uh, tongue is probably yeah. uh, for me is good. Yeah, we featured that Tom. Yeah, Tom. The, Tom, the back box shaker, 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 chaser. Yeah. That was really good because I've actually used it on my ones. Okay. Although, although in fairness, if you look at the photos, half my walls collapsed. <laughs> um, but the good thing is, is when your wall does collapse and you're chasing, you just rebond it and it's yeah. stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, there, there are some, some good things, things that have yeah. come out. And it must be more and more difficult to innovate. I mean, you know, again, looking from the, from the, uh, you know, the aspect of the people that are making these products, just by definition, it must be more and more difficult to come up with innovative the, stuff, isn't the it? Reason, I the reason I was told was so um, energy, if, if you look at the cost of an electrical installation, energy has now, energy efficiencies have pretty much peaked. Yeah. So if you look at a cost, 20% of it is, is in energy, but the 80% is in the, um, 
the manual labor so the buying the product and the energy used is 20 but then the the labor is the 80 percent of the cost that's where they need to get the cost down however their skills and if you develop if you walk down the skills you will lead to mistakes a lot of mega projects um, i'm not going to name them but mega hundreds of millions of pounds billion pound projects they fail because people divide up all of the installations and the trades to the point where there are all these gray areas and nobody takes responsibility yeah and it and it, and it comes yeah. down as simple as you know poor marketing poor procurement poor everything really but anyway that's another ramble for another no. day um but going back to the original e5 cool. thing so obviously we've had a nice relationship sort of built over the last couple of years really and obviously i got the chance to meet all the guys for the first time in the flesh at, at the coventry elec show which you guys yes, all came did. to on mass that's our annual convention yes, yeah um and you guys but I, I would just say you know again if anyone if anyone um is, is questioning whether there's a commercial agreement or what these lads do it you know pe um promoting some of the things and we don't promote everything you lads do and we don't endorse everything you lads do either to be honest with you no. and you don't us which is absolutely right when you're both independent formats but i think um you cannot help but admire uh what you guys are doing uh the time and your own money and everything um that you put into it your generosity with me i mean you know if you'd have charged me for every conversation we've had where i've asked probably what would be classed as a fairly basic technical question to you and your patience um with myself and my colleagues from works other but anthony works on pe as well there's been plenty of conversations where you know the two of us have uh, you've been very very um good with us in terms of explaining how something is working technically and getting us to help our understanding of it and i just think that nature that you guys all have about you is something that's incredibly we? appealing no why but, but you know it's not necessarily common in in in, no. in, in every sector well, and in every is, group it's of people the, that you sadly need. it's a sign of a broken <clears> industry and i've worked and i see plenty of it but Again, I, if you're going to choose to be different, be different. And why wouldn't you be nice? Yeah. Cool. I'll try to anyway, at least. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily saying, by the way, we're going to be nice to everybody because some people we're going to have some very difficult conversations with and we have had difficult conversations with. Um, but that's another story for another podcast. It is indeed, yes. Um, for another day, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thank right, you very we wrap much. up then? Yeah. We'll wrap this up. Good right. stuff. Richard Bowler. Cheers. I'm, Cheers for having me. I'm Paul Meenan. That was Bella. So you apologies she's been a for star. her. And she's been the main story. And she's coming back. <laughs> so I'm going to end this with uh, the usual words. Take care of yourself and each other. Thank you. Cheers.